0: To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his own blood and made us a kingdom and priests to God his Father, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The Word of God for our meditation this Sunday is our second lesson. from Acts 13, verses 13 to 49, as printed in your bulletin and already read. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what do you think of when you hear the phrase, the ends of the earth. What comes to mind is is probably a place that is far away or remote. But that's relative, isn't it? The person who lives in the place we consider the ends of the earth probably thinks of the place we live as far away and remote. Antioch of Pisidia, near the center of what is today the, the nation of Turkey, where most of of what we read earlier from Acts 13 took place, Antioch was was the center of the world to the people who lived there. But it must have seemed like the ends of the earth to John Mark when, when Paul and Barnabas suggested that they go there on their missionary journey. It was a hundred or more mountainous miles from Perga to Antioch, and it must have just been too much for the young man. He left them and returned to Jerusalem. Whether it was the the rigors of the journey or the threat of danger or even homesickness that made him turn back, we, we don't know. But Paul and Barnabas knew that God had commanded them to bring salvation to the ends of the earth, including Antioch of Pisidia, and so they continued on. Mission and Ministry Sunday is an opportunity for us to remember that we too continue on with the mission Christ has entrusted to us. We read earlier the Lord's assurances in Isaiah 49 that His light and salvation are for all the world. And in Luke 24, how how Jesus told His disciples that repentance and forgiveness of sins are to be preached in His name to all nations. In Acts 1-8, just before he ascended into heaven, Jesus gave his church its identity and purpose. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This commission is is reflected in the mission statement of our Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, which says that we, the Synod exists to make disciples throughout the world for time and for eternity. What Paul quoted from Isaiah refocuses us on why we have joined together and, and what we work and give and pray to do bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And for us, as it was for the apostles in Antioch, it is all about Jesus, about Jesus for sinners. When Paul is asked to speak a word of encouragement in the synagogue there, he begins with the history of the Lord's faithfulness to his promises and his powerful love for his people Israel bringing it up to their nation's greatest king, David. And then, continuing with the theme of promises kept, Paul jumps from David to David's greatest descendant, the Savior, Jesus. He brings in the testimony of John the Baptist, whom these Jews would likely have heard of, and in doing so manages to introduce the idea of repentance as necessary even for God's people. And then the apostle gets right to it. He announces the message of salvation in Jesus to all of them, but clearly lays out how it came to be, how the religious leaders of the Jews in Jerusalem condemned him and arranged his crucifixion and death. But his tomb would not hold him. And God raised him from the dead, which many witnesses could attest to. And this is the good news of promises kept. The promise not only of a descendant for long dead David, but of a living Savior who won for them and for all people the forgiveness of every sin. His suffering and death was the punishment that sinners deserved. And His resurrection was the demonstration that His payment for sin was Accepted. Paul was careful to be personal with his message. Let it be known to you. Watch out that this does not happen to you. He made it personal because he cared. He didn't just have a job that let him make an announcement and move on, satisfied that his work was done. No, he wanted people to be saved. He wanted the men, women, and children he spoke to, to have their sins forgiven them just as much as they wanted their sins forgiven. So he told them about Jesus. And he also told them something that, that they had probably never heard before, but, but deep down may already have understood. The law of Moses that they tried to use to get right with God would never justify them. Never get anyone who is guilty of sinning, which is everyone, a declaration of innocence from God. And This wasn't just Paul's idea. Peter also goes on record, later in Acts, calling the law of Moses a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. And later... When Paul writes his letter to the Galatians, he quotes from Deuteronomy, part of the law of Moses itself, to make the tragic point again. Those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. This message of the futility of righteousness through obedience and of justification and free forgiveness through faith in Christ, has been proclaimed for, for almost 2,000 years now. There has been plenty of time for it to reach every corner of the world. But sadly, much of the world still either has never heard or has decided it is uninterested in it. Countless millions. Billions of souls still rely on following laws and codes in order to gain some kind of salvation or better existence. And in this case, there is no safety in numbers. Islam with its five pillars, Buddhism with its eightfold path, and Hinduism with its Countless gods and countless reincarnations are all religions that, that teach people to depend on their own works and merit in, instead of on the grace of the one true God. And this leads only to damnation. Perhaps, in a sense, even more tragically, there are many churches and individuals that, that call themselves Christian who hold to and teach essentially the same damning message, that one must rely on one's own efforts and goodness rather than count only and entirely on the goodness and work of Jesus. But it is only through Jesus that anyone can have the complete and final certainty that he or she has been set free from sin and its costs. Paul told the members of the synagogue that all-important truth. In this Jesus, everyone who believes is justified. And sharing that message is now our shared mission and joy. Wells missionary John Repke reports on what he has seen among the people of Malawi. When they see water splashed on their child's head or the head of an adult, they understand that baptism saves souls by washing away sin's stain and covering them with the pureness of Christ. When they see people swallowing wheat wafers and sips of wine, they understand that communion is uniting them with the body and blood Christ used to pay for their freedom. When they see the pastor standing in front and hear him say, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, they understand that it is Christ who is speaking to them, the same Christ whose words give eternal life. The African nation of Malawi may indeed be the kind of place you think of as the ends of the earth, but even if it were the center of the world, they would need there what we have here. In his sermon in the synagogue in Antioch, Paul quoted Isaiah 49, our our first lesson, where God the Father says to His Son, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. But Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, this is what the Lord has instructed us. Did Paul read that wrong? Is there a contradiction? Not at all. Jesus is the light of the world But in His Sermon on the Mount, Jesus also calls believers the light of the world. This sin-darkened, lost world that we live in needs all the light it can get. And we, you and I, illuminate the world by shining with the reflected light of Jesus Christ. Sometimes that light is welcomed. Sometimes it is not. We are told that when Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue in Antioch that first day, the people kept begging them to speak again on this same subject on the next Sabbath. And the next week, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of God. But what happened? Many of the Jews who had been interested in the message the first week now got jealous. They did not like the idea of a gospel that was as much for the Gentiles as it was for them. And so they worked and spoke against Paul and Barnabas. But these two messengers of Christ were neither intimidated nor discouraged. They kept on speaking the word of God. And Gentiles kept on hearing, believing being saved from their sins. And now we are inspired and emboldened by their example. Just as God gave Paul and Barnabas the law to call sinners to repentance and the gospel to point them to salvation in Jesus, and just as they used those tools whenever and wherever the Holy Spirit gave them an opening, so we too eagerly, and fearlessly put the Word of God to work whenever and wherever He opens a door for us. And amazingly, increasingly, those openings and opportunities are being found at the ends of the earth because the world has become smaller, not physically, of course, but technologically and logistically. Cell phones and the Internet now allow us to to interact directly with individuals who a generation ago might not even have owned a radio. Airplanes and immigration mean that people from countries that that we might struggle to find on a map are now living, working, and learning next door to us here in the USA. As much as on a, a human level, Some of us might find this uncomfortable or even unwelcome. This is God's grace at work and a tremendous privilege. He has positioned you and me, our our congregation and, and especially our synod, to carry the message of justification by faith in Jesus to the ends of the earth, whether the ends are in a nation far away or a neighborhood, close by, within living memory for many of us. One end of the earth was a place of enmity and violence. We fought a war in Vietnam. Now, the Wells has been given the opportunity to give instruction and encouragement to thousands of believers in the Mong Fellowship Church there. In a recent letter, they wrote, We thank you for the wells' training for the past three years. Now we believe that we have salvation. Without that, today we would still be living in the darkness of Satan. We believe that God already answered our prayers through the wells. This gospel opportunity is an amazing example of how God routinely does more than we could ever ask or imagine. We have another such example in a field that we thought had been lost to us. More than a decade ago, due to financial constraints, the Wells was forced to make drastic cuts in world missions, which meant eliminating a traveling seminary that we had training future pastors all over Latin America. But today, all over Latin America... Is accessible with the click of a mouse or a finger on a phone. More than a million Spanish speakers from Mexico and nearly every country in Central and South America connect to our Synod's Academia Cristo Facebook page, which, which posts scripture, instruction, and, and opportunities for worship, and, and much more. In just the months of June, July, and August this year, 1,800 people, asked to receive Bible-based training to share Jesus. And our Latin American mission team works to identify those who have the ability and the desire to be educated further as as evangelists and pastors. This training has already begun. And closer to home, the the Joint Mission Council of the Wells is, is supporting outreach efforts to Hmong, Hispanic. South Asian, Sudanese, Liberian, Vietnamese, and Chinese people living here in the United States. In many cases, these immigrants long to share the gospel that they now possess with relatives and friends in the countries from which they immigrated. God has truly brought the ends of the earth to our front doors. And He has given us everything we need, everything, to turn lost sinners of whatever nation, tribe, language, religion, income, education, or outlook into saved saints of God. We have the powerful and dynamic means of grace, the gospel and the word and in the sacraments. He has entrusted these precious things to us, but given them to us not just to treasure, and certainly not just to to put on a shelf somewhere. He has given them to us to be used, used boldly and mightily. Sure, not every Christian is called to full-time ministry or, or sent to distant mission fields, We do not all personally carry the good news of forgiveness to the ends of the earth. Your calling as a Christian might keep you closer to home rather than teaching a Bible study in Nepal or instructing a seminary student in Russia or or teaching in an Apache school in Peridot, Arizona. That doesn't mean that you have nothing to do with advancing the message of salvation. Maybe this week you will have the opportunity to speak the very words of life to someone who would die without them. The opportunity to be a witness to Christ for the skeptic in the next cubicle or the immigrant in the house behind you. Perhaps it will be stepping up to help teach the children of our church or or our community about Jesus Perhaps it will be volunteering to provide a needed service here or joining the outreach team to to help us better reach the unchurched and unsaved in our community. And of course, you, we, are all called to pray. Prayers enlist God's great power in carrying out the commission that He has given us. And our offerings enable others to go out and speak and teach in our name. The story of Paul and Barnabas at at Antioch tells us what we can expect when we follow through on our mission, whether we speak the word of Jesus ourselves or support those who do it in our place. Yes, there will be opposition, maybe even abuse, Jesus warned us that everything they tried to do to silence him would be done to his disciples. But God's word will always have its result. The Gentiles in Antioch rejoiced and praised the word of the Lord. All those who had been appointed for eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was being carried throughout the whole region. This is what we are privileged to see when we are faithful to the mission God has given us. So no matter how staggering or impossible the task of bringing bringing salvation to the ends of the earth might seem, we know that it is doable in God's power and at His direction. All things are possible for Him and for us through Him. When we read and hear about what the Wells is doing with the Word of God, we see that He is already enabling us to do it. The God who made His Son a light for the Gentiles has told us He will equip and use us as His church, as Christ's disciples, use us to bring the light of His salvation to the ends of the earth. And we know As Paul wanted the people in Antioch that day to remember, we know God keeps His promises. So rejoice and praise Him forever. Amen. Please rise. Now to Him who is able, according to the power that is at work within us, to do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.